The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Welcome to it. Welcome to Chewing the Fat with yours truly, Jeff Fisher. Thank you so much for uh, coming along for the ride on today's Fatcast. Um, I got uh, two emergency alerts from FEMA today. Is that a bad thing? That went off. It looked like it went off without a hitch. Uh, it was the first nationwide test. We talked a little bit about it yesterday. Hit my phone at 218, just like they said it was going to, only I got two. So I hope I don't have to pay extra for that. Because, uh, you know, it was just not. And then with the, the worst thing is I went outside, and here in Texas, the first Wednesday of the month, they test the tornado storm alarms. And those, you know, the horns were going off, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, now I got the female alert coming up. And, you know, it was just, it was a hectic afternoon here in Texas, okay? But for those of you that got a little worried, uh, I know that there were a number of reports of people that didn't realize that it was happening today. Um, those people are obviously the people that don't listen to this podcast. So what you can do is tell them, you know, if you really want to know something's coming up. <laughs> Uh, chewing the fat with Jeff Fisher, available wherever you get your downloads. I mean, hello. It just comes right to your phone every day, and then you'll know what's going on. But uh, it was uh, the uh, presidential alert. This is a test of the National Wireless Emergency Alert System. No action is needed, was needed, and no action was taken. I just know that I got two. So... I'm wondering if the cell companies charge FEMA and for every text that gets sent out. Now, if that's the case, then the cell companies document that they sent out, you know, 200 million texts, right? They sent out 200, they, they had planned on the story, was talking about 225 million. So I don't know if the government pays the cell companies for that or if that's an offer that they do on, out of the goodness of their hearts. I doubt that, but it's possible uh, just to be in good graces with the government. But if they charge and they had already planned on $225 million, and if they doubled up a quarter, adds another you know, $25, $30, 40000000 million, I mean, that's a good gig. I mean, companies get busted doing that all the time. You know, when I was working, I, when I worked in the, the grocery stores, uh, you know, for a little while. I noticed, say, that you'd get a pallet of groceries and you get, a, say, a pallet of, well, where I noticed it was Kellogg's, Kellogg's Frosted Flakes. You get a pallet of Frosted Flakes. Now, those cases, you get, let's just say, 10 cases of Frosted Flakes on a pallet, and each case has 24 boxes of Frosted Flakes in it. Okay. So you go to open up the case, you put them on the shelf. Every sixth or seventh box case was short a box of frosted flakes in the box okay so over time that's a heck of a lot of boxes of frosted flakes across the country okay that's a lot of extra frosted flakes for kellogg's because the guy stuck on the shelf like me still hung over still you know young punk living in florida on the beach partying i don't care I open up the box and go, that's one less box I got to put on the shelf, right? 
So I mean, every it's a good it's a good way to do it. I know that there was a trash bag company that was fined a bunch of money a bunch of years ago because who counts the trash bags? Now you buy a box of trash bags and it says, yeah, 135 ply trash bags, perfect for your home. And you take it home and, you know, when it's empty, you go buy another box. Nobody counts one, two, three. Well, somebody did. And these trash can companies, trash bag companies, were uh, the roles weren't quite what they said they were. Now, over time, that's an awful lot of trash bags. And that's a lot of money for these companies. So I was just wondering if, you know, maybe the cell companies, you know, up to something. I know I'm, you know, I might be overthinking it. It's possible. But it's just a thought. So I've been talking about robots taking people's jobs and uh, what they're going to do. And I've been, I talked a little bit about uh, how people were concerned about uh, Amazon and having robots taking their jobs and how we are more and more concerned every day with jobs being taken by robots and replacing humans because they're, they're doing what we consider menial jobs, right? So there are some jobs. I saw a story today about uh, farms. You know, there's big, some big farms are starting to be uh, robotized. Uh, there's, you know, all kinds of businesses have been robotized uh, forever. Robotized? Robot? They're using robots. So John Pugliano, author of The Robots Are Coming, a human's survival guide to profiting in the age of automation. And we should try to get him on the fat cast uh, here on Chewing the Fat. I'd like to talk to John. Uh, a human survival guide to profiting in the age of automation. Now, I've talked to some experts uh, in the past, and they've said, uh, you know, you just need to kind of rethink what you're doing and look around. But it's, 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 if it's not as if it's coming. I mean, it's already here, right? So he's telling you that uh, there are some jobs that uh, are going to be long gone. And I was going through this list, and, I, and I'll go through it with you, but some of them really are already gone. Uh, his list has a travel agent. That job is, uh, you know, going to be going away. Uh, online travel booking sites. Everyone is their own personal travel agent these days. Uh, the number of travel agents will decline by twelve percent over the next ten years. That may not sound like much, but it's a lot of people. It's a lot of jobs. Now, the, in, in, John talks about this, is saying that uh, an alternative career on the rise: the occupational outlook handbook. I want. I want. To, that, that's me. All right. I am. I am now an expert. And I'm, I'm writing my own book, the Occupational Outlook Handbook. I am an expert on the Occupational Outlook, and I've created a handbook. Anyway, the Occupational Outlook Handbook, why don't I have this handbook in my hands right now? It predicts an increase in the need for people who are experts in specific destinations or particular types of travelers. So I can be listed in the occupational outlook handbook if i say hey traveling to mexico i know where to make a right instead of a left and i'll keep you alive use me and people will pay me to be their guide right okay we have to get the occupational outlook handbook i we i have to go through that i want to see what these professionals are doing 
hawk their own wares. Because, you know, I was looking, I'll, I'll go down some more of these jobs that are disappearing, but I was looking at uh, another uh Post talking about how people can uh, make your career dreams come true when you fill out uh, your applications and uh, make sure that you know you use context and call yourself different titles and you know call yourself a ghostwriter and make sure it's quick and concise and you know marketing manager marketing director use these use these terms to make people believe that you're you know, the award-winning, they, as an example in the story, they talk about the award-winning SEO expert for fitness gyms. Now, obviously, I'm not going to use that. I mean, I'm not going to tell you that I'm an award-winning SEO expert for fitness gyms. However, you know, there's no reason for you. There's no reason, no reason to laugh at that. I already said I'm not going to do it. You don't need to. You don't need to laugh. I got it. And they talk about being, you know, telling telling people that you're certified. Ooh, this is probably in the Occupational Outlook Handbook, the Certified Portuguese and Spanish Interpreter, right? That that if you're going on a trip and you're going to be seeing a bunch of those Portuguese seas, you're going to want somebody that speaks it. Not everybody can just walk around using hand language. You know, you can't be telling people hi. You can use different different fingers for what you need but you can't plus i was told today i sidetrack again about these jobs i was told today that the whole you know the whole thing or the uh, the school the university uh banning people from clapping because it was was too it was too much the university of manchester manchester england uh, clapping is too much it's just it, we can't have it it's upsetting it's it's triggering people it's making uh we're trying to avoid triggering anxiety so there's no, yay, ooh, it's in trouble. But they say you got to have jazz hands, okay, jazz hands. Now, somebody already hollered at me today, uh, a former employee uh, said to me today that uh, it's not jazz hands. It's sign language for clapping. All right. I got it. It's jazz hands. Now, if you're on radio, if you're doing it, though, see, if, I, if I'm clapping for something, yes, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And you don't know I'm clapping because it's radio. I'm, right now, I'm, I'm clapping so loud you can't even hear me talk. But you don't know that because I'm using jazz hands. Okay? So I got to tell you, I'm using. I'm sorry. I'm using sign language for clapping, but I got to tell you, I, it just sounds better to say, "Yeah, tremendous! I am clapping so loud with jazz hands," and then you know what I'm doing. Okay, you know what I'm doing then. <laughs> jazz hands. Come on now. How's that triggering to people? Really? Are, are you serious? You just seriously want me to believe that clapping and applauding something is triggering someone? Now, I get that it actually in their way of thinking, I guess it is because you're you're approving of something that someone did so good that they get applause. But the other people aren't getting that applause and we feel sad for them and they don't know how they're going to get through the rest of the game. I don't know. Do something worth applauding for. Back to jobs. Sorry, I digress a little bit.
got a little away from the jobs that are dying. Uh, it talks about uh, one of the one of the jobs they're talking about is bookkeepers. Uh, they're talking about uh, they're blaming artificial intelligence for the decline of uh, bookkeeping profession. Uh, financial management uh, New York says uh, sites like QuickBooks and Receipt Bank automatically download all your information and you have it right in front of you in your hands. You don't need that bookkeeper. Uh, lawyers going away. You know, are they? Uh, lawyers aren't going away. I'm sorry. You know, the world will always have lawyers. I'm sorry. They just will. There is always going to be attorneys. There are some people on earth that will always need people to have them defend them in courts of law when people are accusing them of things that they didn't do, by the way. There's so many. I mean, there's a lot of lawyers. And that's a big misconception about lawyers, too. Lawyers don't really make a lot of money. There's a few that make pretty good money. But most of the time, you know, there's pretty middle-of-the-road incomes for those lawyers. And you know why? You remember when Court TV was on? When Court TV, when they actually showed trials, when it wasn't just what's-her-face blabbing about some case. Why can't I think of her name? Who was the Court TV star? No, not Judge Judy. What's her face? The girl, the lady that was the face of Court TV. Then she went to CNN and... No. If you say Judge Judy in my ear one more time, I already said it wasn't Judge Judy. All right? I'll think of her name. But she, we, she was on there forever blabbing about shows and blabbing about cases, which was fine. She was okay. The show was good. But I loved watching the trials. Okay, the actual trials. It showed why the good attorneys who are uh, loud and obnoxious and object and flamboyant in the courtrooms make a lot of money. Because most of the lawyers you'd see in those cases are flipping through the books. I object, Your Honor. If we look at the page 52, uh, paragraph 3, you can well tell that my client doesn't need to answer that question. Instead of, instead of, uh, objection! And they start flying papers around and everything. It was just, if you want to be a good attorney, learn the law, but don't be an introvert. Be an extrovert, especially in the courtroom. Especially in the courtroom. Uh, More jobs that are going away because of uh, AI and because of uh, robots uh, is broadcasters. What? This list is hogwash. Good. One in 10 of the nation's 33,202 radio and television announcers are expected to see their jobs disappear by 2026. Ooh, I don't like this list. Consolidation in the industry as well as increased use of syndicated content is fueling the decline. Well, that's been going on. That's been on forever since they they deregulated the, the industry. There's also an explosion of streaming music services. More and more listeners prefer that over their local drive-time disc jockey. I don't know why. You want to get the information, hear about the songs, listen to get the time, get the weather, get the content, and check in with the traffic reporters. Why did you want to just listen to Spotify? Right? Anyway, party DJs, however, uh, are seeing an uptick in business. That job, that party DJ stuff, that's what a pain job that is. I give those guys credit. That's fine. Oh yes, you gotta you gotta listen. Oh, you could, but you gotta listen to everybody come up, and they want everybody wants to hear their favorite song, and you gotta have, you gotta play the song. You gotta be upbeat. And you got oh here's the happy couple, and you gotta do their little dance song. It's agonizing. It's agonizing, and you gotta you gotta pretend like you like everybody. 
wait, I like that job. <laughs> I like that job. But really, that's but the the the, uh, the downsizing of radio and disc jockeys has been that's been go- ongoing for quite some time. Uh, syndicated hosts for morning drive, afternoon drive, uh, you know, evenings, all of it. Uh, and plus, now we have podcasts like this one that you're listening to, where you can it comes right to you. You're welcome, by the way. Comes right to your device, and you can listen to it when you want. At your leisure. I mean, you should listen to it right away as soon as it comes to your device. There's no question about that. I mean, (laughs) hello. But you don't have to. And so why would I want to? I still listen. Myself, I still listen to the radio here in Dallas. And I will say for a top five market, uh, there's a reason why radio is not doing well. uh, Because a lot of the people on the radio here in the Dallas-Fort Worth market Middle managers is another job that's going away uh, because of robots. Uh, casino cashier. Do we really need that? I mean, those casino cashiers aren't going anywhere. IT guys. Ooh. No, not, not. No, we cannot lose our man here in this building. No. Whatever we're paying him isn't enough. I mean, just let him give that man what he wants and let him be. What do you need? What do you need? John, what do you need? You want coffee every day? No problem. I mean, he does a great job for us, no question. In fact, when you see John, and if they, if, if John were to say, you know, what I'd really like is uh, to buy a new home, we should hook him up with realestateagentsitrust.com and just let it, and we'll pay for it. Because, look, well, I don't want John to have to go through trying to sell his home and put up a for sale sign and have people come on and bugging him and trying to buy his house and trying to nickel and dime him for everything that's wrong with it, all of that. No. No. John does not deserve that. He deserves the expertise of realestateagentsitrust.com. Look, finding a great real estate agent can make all the difference in the world when you need to sell your biggest asset. You know that. If you've ever tried to sell a home, you know what a pain it is and how frustrating it can be. That's why you need realestateagentsitrust.com. You know, it started when Glenn and Tanya tried to sell their home, and originally the house that they were trying to sell was in Connecticut. I'm pretty sure that was the house that really was the biggest pain. And it just seemed like it was took forever. And they went through they went through uh, baking bread and changing the furniture around and having to paint and paying this and don't hang that and now take this down and open houses. All the stuff that really doesn't work in today's world. That's what they went through. So if you don't want to go through all of that and you want to just sell your house for the most money and buy a house for the least amount of money and be happy with what you have and what you've done realestateagentsitrust.com. We've got agents all over America that want to earn your business. They're highly rated agents who will get the job done. realestateagentsitrust.com, realestateagentsitrust.com. Wow. I am so thirsty. Let's go over to the water cooler. I need a drink. 
All right, so uh, you know we're just hanging out here at the break room, and uh, you know I like to hit a couple of stories that you need you be able to talk about at work, and you know you're sitting in the break room, you don't want to you don't want to be left just with nothing to say. So uh, you know I, I I really am interested in seeing how the rollout is going uh, in Houston, Indianapolis, Los Angeles, and Sacramento. The five uh, G broadband network is uh, rolling out, started rolling out the first of this week from Verizon. I am very interested to see if that is making any kind of difference, if the people notice it, what's it like. be really cool because uh, I'm all about uh, let's, let's, uh, the, better, the better shot I got, let's have it. I don't care. I want, I'm ready for 100G. I, w- I want to see it. And, you know, don't, I don't want it just because it downloads quicker stuff. Like, you know, a lot of a lot of people a lot of people are want it faster and because they download pornography. I disagree with that so much. I mean, I download it. You don't want to keep it on your device. Don't download it. Just watch it without downloading it. You download it. There's evidence. Thank you. You download it, there's evidence. You don't stream. You know what I'm saying? Don't save. Don't forget to delete history. Don't forget to delete cookies. Uh, the construction, I don't know why they're making this such a big story. Another story that I'm fascinated with today is that the construction worker kept $245 million lotto winning secret. Well, duh. I'm doing that too. If I, if, if I would hit that lottery ticket, uh, the Powerball, and it's $245 million, uh, I'm not saying a word. I mean, my wife's going to be lucky to hear about it from me. Don't tell her I said that. But the, uh, I mean, so he gets the ticket. They figure he checks it out. He double, you know, he double, triple, quadruple checks it to make sure it's right, like you would do. And you don't want to take it into the into the store and have them get it to you because then you know then the word's out, right? So he goes, he gets it checked, and then he he puts it in a safe, and he gets himself a lawyer, and he still goes to work every day. I don't know if I'd do that. I don't know if I'd do that whole everyday work thing. Although it's nice to when you work and you don't have to, so I probably would. But uh, it goes to work. He didn't want the workers to know anything about it. They got it all worked out, and then they announced that he was the winning ticket holder. Um, $246 million winner, jackpot. Uh, they, they've got, they set up a trust fund. I like It's called the Sea and Sand Trust. You can call the trust whatever you want, but they, they've got the trust fund. Uh, you know, the shop gets their ten thousand, which the supermarket says they're going to donate the funds to a local Staten Island food bank. It's, no, that's a nice of them. But uh, he said he's going to take the lump sum. Of course, I don't know that I actually, actually trust the state or the lottery to have all my money in thirty years. Like I'm figuring that my 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 point would be after about 19 years they'd go I oh, we're out of money uh, we know we owe you another 11 years but sorry good luck God bless and you know the state would say oh yeah that's fine no problem don't worry about it so he's taking the cash payment now it this story says it's about a hundred million that seems a little low that's more than half. Usually, it takes about half, somewhere in there, depending on, you know, different style. Although this is in New York, so maybe the taxes are more, so it's possible that it is more than 100. Think of that. 
I wonder why I want to live in Texas. Why do I want to live in Texas? Why do I want to live in Texas? Oh, I know. Uh, so when I win the Powerball, they don't take another $50 million. Um. Oh, wait, that's the feds, too. Never mind. But the feds still take their cut no matter where you're at. It's the state that they're, that's killing you on that. So, I mean, how mad are you going to have to be if you... I'm only taking home $100 million. I'm so mad. I can't believe how mad I am. I'm going to even get madder every day because it was only $100 million. I mean... That's still a nice chunk of change. And I don't blame him for not saying a word. Because when family members start coming out of the woodwork, everybody wants their cut. Charities want their cut. The kids want their cut. Uncle Billy, who you haven't seen in 30 years, wants a new truck. Aunt Sandy needs a new kitchen remodel. Everybody wants their cut. You know, and look, with a hundred million, you're you're gonna go out and probably party for a while, right? You're gonna take a cut of that hundred million and set it aside for the party, the party account. I mean, I'm not, but people would. Some other kind of people would. And so, you know, if you have any relatives that are, you know, you know what kind of relatives I'm talking about. You know, cousin Bobby that hasn't left the basement uh, all winter because his friends all just come over and drop off whatever he needs you know what i'm talking about yeah the 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 companies that uh, you know deliver to the home you know like you know bobby has ordered 18 cases of soy sauce this winter yeah i don't, I don't think that's soy sauce aunt millie oh well what else could it be i don't know so you know, you know those those relatives are coming out of the woodwork after your cash, so you got to keep it quiet. You have to. I mean, that's a must. I mean, you have to. We also learned today, kind of cool. This is kind of cool. As you're standing around the break room, you can talk tequila. Can help you lose weight. I mean, that's kind of cool. I'm I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of that. It's been a long time since I've gotten really really drunk on tequila. I may have to start. Maybe that's why I've gained weight. I'm not drinking any tequila. So they make it with the uh, the agave plant. And so the agavans is a natural form of sugar that's found in that plant. So it's non-digestible. And according to the study, it acts as a dietary fiber that won't raise blood glucose and is necessary to differentiate from the commonly known agave syrup, too. You don't want just that. Don't be thinking you're, dr- you're going to drink the agave syrup and it's going to help because it's not. The agave syrup is just about as bad as the high fructose corn syrup. Now, a lot of there's differing arguments over the high fructose corn syrup. I won't get into that now, but I will just say that you want the uh, you want the natural form of the agave sugar. All right, they've the rats that they gave it to. I'm sorry, the mice, the test mice. Those aren't rats. Gave them a standard diet, added the agavans to the water, and revealed that the mice who consumed the agavans ate less and had lower blood glucose levels. Hello. Why wouldn't you eat that? I mean, you can coming to a natural grocer near you soon. Agavans sweetener. I mean, that's if you're looking to make a little money, I mean, you might wanna 
you might want to uh, you might want to invest some money into the agave and sugar or tequila. Either one, though, that kind of works, right? Yeah. I don't. I, I'm not going to tell you the exact. When, when is Halloween? It's the end of this month, right? It's the end of October. Halloween. What is it? The 31st of uh, the 31st of October. Halloween. And I know so many people love Halloween, and uh, you know I, I I'm kind of torn. I, I feel like I should really like it, and I I'm not really crazy about it. But then I remember that I get huge bags of chocolate candy, and I think, oh, I love this. I love this holiday. And then I remember I can get huge bags of candy anytime I want. <laughs> I don't need Halloween. Halloween just gives you an excuse. It's like an extra an extra week of, oh, it's only Halloween candy. Where the other weeks are like, is that you? Hey, fatty, you eating the whole bag of candy? You, you can't say you can't say in in, uh, in May, oh, it's Halloween candy. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's just fatness candy is what it is. It's not Halloween candy. But I mean, we're all we're getting the pumpkins out, right? They had the uh, Deerfield Fair in Deerfield, New Hampshire, and I usually try to get to that. I'm so bummed that I missed the Deerfield Fair in Deerfield, New Hampshire. I try to get to that every year, and I missed it this year. But they had their, uh, you know, the the pumpkin growing contest. Steve Gettys, all right. Steve Gettys set a record. Set a record. These things are monstrous. The pumpkin. Tipped the scales at a whopping 2,528 pounds. He got the first prize and $6,000 in prize money. And he now is the biggest pumpkin ever grown in North America. I mean, that's a pretty, that's pretty cool. Now, Woody Lancaster, it'd be fun to... We should have reached out to Woody because he's the Northeast representative for the Great Pumpkin Commonwealth. It's an organization that serves as the worldwide governing body for competitive pumpkin growing. Who knew that there was a worldwide governing body for competitive pumpkin growing? Well, Steve Gettys probably in New Hampshire did. It's a big deal. Now, he holds the United States record. The world record belongs to a Belgian man. His pumpkin, 2,624 pounds. Woof. 2,624 pounds. I mean, less than 100 pounds away from the world record. I mean, you left that bad boy on the plant another day, he might have made it. Right? He made a couple more bugs would have crawled in or something and added some weight to that bad boy. Right. Right. Uh, that's pretty close. And the Belgian guy is going, that's right. <sighs> I knew I'd hold the record. So now he has the second. <laughs> I mean, that's, a, that's fantastic. I mean, these things are huge. And what do you do with it? Do you, I, I guess you, you cut them and you, you make gigantic pumpkin pies with them. Or, yeah, I know. But, I, I mean, that's a, that's, a, that's a heck of a jack-o'-lantern for Halloween, Right. I think they probably do. Those are like horse racing seeds. That's like a, those are just those. Yeah, these are bull. These are, you want those seeds. Yeah, those are the seeds that got the DNA, baby, for the big boys. Yes, worth top dollar. That's like uh, secretariat seeds. You want money, you get big time dollars for that. Yes. 
Now, do you like Halloween? Really? I mean, is it a you know, is it a thing? You like we're dressing up? You like going to parties? You know, you like uh, you know being uh, around? And every school has their Halloween where the kids trot their little bougie butts through around the school with their with their costume on. And, oh, look at little Billy and look at little Susie. They're so cute. Well, there are some that you can't be. There's there's banned now at schools. I mean, I don't even know why we still allow them to do it at schools, to be honest with you. But in 2013, a high school kid came as Jesus Christ. That's a, uh, you know, see, I want to tell you something. All right? There's a difference between Halloween and some of the night parades around the country. Because some of the night parades around the country, you can dress up as anything. And it's great. I mean, I, I, I think those outfits are tremendous. I mean, some of the night parades uh, they have in uh, Ybor City and New Orleans and uh, uh, New York and San Francisco, those outfits are tremendous. And they're so bad, and they're against all all good on the planet, I know. But I still like them. So anyway, this kid dresses up as Jesus Christ, and the school was not happy about it. And he was like, well, he's the most influential person in my life. I don't want to dress up as him. Now the school said, yeah, that's great, but that's offensive, and you're not going to be dressing up as Jesus Christ, and no one else is either because we're banning it, so we're going to move on. But uh, then, in 2014, a school decided, you know what? The kids can't be superheroes. What? Yeah, uh, superheroes, including but not limited to Wolverine, Batman, Superman, the Power Rangers, and any of the Fantastic Four are not allowed. And neither are witches or ghosts or any other costume that would be scary to a small child. I mean, what's left? An angel? And you can't be an angel. Oh, my gosh. No, because that's a, re- that's a religion, right? So then, then we go move on to geishas, squaws, and cowboys. <laughs> so good. So in 2013, the dean of the University of Colorado issued a memo to the student body asking them to consider the impact of their costume decision that it meant what it may have on others in the CU community. Featured on the list of frowned upon Halloween garb were costumes that portray particular cultural identities as overly sexualized, such as geishas, squaws, or the stereotypical Cowboys, Indians. What? And now also, uh, the memo also asked that students not host parties whose themes could be considered offensive, like ghetto or white trash hillbilly. Those are the parties I want to go to. You're in college. You're supposed to have those parties. In 1999, they obviously had to ban trench coats because of Columbine. Kids can't wear trench coats anymore as Halloween. That's just too horrific. It triggered too much. Too many memories. Too many memories. It's only been how many years now? I don't even people see anybody in a trench coat. And uh, now we've, uh, a New York school once banned cross-dressing uh, because they wanted to stop students from uh, mocking, mocking the gay, bisexual, and transgender students. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. But then an advocacy group said, uh, no, you can't, uh, you can't ban that. Uh, any student has the absolute right to cross dress any day or days of the year. 
And the school principal said, yeah, you know what? A uh, student has the absolute right to cross-dress any day or days, but yeah, not for Halloween. <laughs> we're not doing it on Halloween. Sorry. Uh, we're not going gonna to let that happen. Uh, the sexy nurse at uh, Quinnipiac University, uh, the vice president of academic affairs. No, we can't be the sexy nurse anymore. In college? What? The chief diversity officer. See, now that's every university now has a diversity officer. Come on, man. It pays. You're darn right it pays. That's a good gig in today's world at the university is a diversity officer. Uh, that uh, is insensitive costumes, including blackface. I'm sorry, but a sexy nurse is not equivalent to a blackface. That doesn't happen. Uh, or as a Mexican hooker, gangster, or promiscuous nurse. Nobody said the nurse was going to be Mexican. We just wanted a sexy nurse. We're, it's not, it's actually not a Mexican hooker. It's just, you can't go as a Mexican slash hooker. Don't look at me like that. I made it into a different joke. You know, what you need to do over there. We're done. You know, you know what, you know what this proves? You know what this proves though, is that we have created you know who does this good? Brad Upton. I heard Brad Upton on a dry bar comedy, and he does a bit about millennials and how bad they are. And it's it's pretty funny. And, and Brad is really funny. This is a really good bit. And he does some other funny stuff, too. But uh, this particular segment is absolutely true. How many are not under the age of 30? 20-somethings? Let me hear from the 20-somethings. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. These are the dumbest people I've ever met in my life. <laughs> not personally, just as a group. Do me a favor, put some cash in your pocket, grease your debit cards every $1.17 purchase. I get so tired of standing mine on Minimark. That's $1.17, here's my debit card. <laughs> you don't have a buck and a quarter? I know they're dumber than people my age. You know, when I was growing up, we didn't have any childproof caps. You dropped a Coke bottle, it didn't bounce, it shattered. Thank you. Our parents let us play with guns and knives and fireworks. You know what happened to the dumb kids? They didn't make it. <laughs> Amen. Amen. It's true. These guys grew up in a world that's childproofed and padded. All the dumb ones lived. Thank you. Now they use debit cards for $1.17 purchases. I, I'm kind of okay with that. You ever see energy drinks? How much energy do you need in your 20s? Right? should be selling those at the retirement village. <laughs> that's the target market right there. A couple of monsters and a Red Bull are going to pick up that bingo game, I'm sure. Brad Upton. <laughs> Brad Upton. Uh, very funny comedian. Uh, that was from uh, the Dry Bar Comedy. Uh, just a good bit on millennials and that's what we've raised just reading what outfits they can and cannot wear hey we should just stop celebrating the whole thing period it's just dumb now it's just dumb we have to it's just buy candy and give it out i think if i uh, and then my kids still want to participate in it now but they're getting too old for it so like you know my daughter i think is going to be this you know she's right at the edge of too old Max is way too old, but he's like, I don't care. I got to go with Maya. I got to go with my daughter, with my sister. So I get to dress up too. Whatever. I'll tell you what. I'll buy you both giant bags of candy. We'll shut the lights off and we'll stay inside. Okay? I'll, I'll, in fact, I will go and buy 80,000 pieces of candy. Not really. I'm just going to tell them it's 80,000. 
and we'll just stay home. We'll shut the lights off, and we'll just stay home. We'll just stay home. And when you, if you hear anybody come up to the house with the lights off, say, trick or treat, I will go to the front door and say, the lights off, dummy. Tell your parents out there at the sidewalk, that means don't come up to this door. Or we can just not answer the door. <laughs> One or the other. Either way works. So, one of the things you can do. Now, I've lived in a couple of really cool neighborhoods where, uh, you know, they bus in. And I say by bus in. They bring kids in from different neighborhoods to walk through our neighborhoods for Halloween. Because it's such a good haul. And, uh, you know, the people give away, you know, really cool things. And, and I've, I've reached a, a, when we get close to Halloween, I'll give you my trick on how to get more candy out trick-or-treating. I have a tested, tried, and true way to get more candy. Absolutely legal, 100% legal. You got to go with your kids, but I'll, I'll tell you now. Don't look at me now. I'll tell you now. Okay, I'll, I'll tell you now. This is, this, is, this is a professional, tried, and true, tested way for you, your kids, to get more candy than they've ever had before in their life from Halloween. Okay? You with me? A, go out with your kids. Have them have a nice little Halloween bag or bucket or whatever it is. But you, you carry a separate pillowcase or a bag. Okay, you carry that. So every three to four houses, you dump that candy, except for a couple of bars, into your bag. Because right? people, a little kid comes up to the door, trick or treat, and they look down and the kid looks like they just got started. They got no candy. Oh, you need some more. And they always throw extra in. Tried and true. Every time. You end up with more candy than you ever had before in your life. I'm telling you. I Look, you're welcome. You're welcome. I try to help. You, you don't have to use me. You don't have to tell anybody that you got it from me. You can say that you came up with it yourself. But you know deep down. <laughs> you know where you got it from. So good. All right, before we go, I, I want to tell you a little bit about uh, Mercury One and uh, the 2018 ball. Uh, it's coming up, and there's a big raffle where you can win a Mercedes-Benz car. I know, I know. I, normally, you'd think to yourself, well, doesn't, doesn't Jeff Fisher just get that? No, they don't let me have it. It's very disappointing. So you can go to uh, mercuryone.org slash m1ball, and it's November 17th. It's here at the Mercury Studios, uh, and the raffle last year, the winner's going to be here. Remember the winner got won the, uh, won the GMC Canyon? I bet you the winner this year with the GMC Canyon is going to go, how come I didn't have the Mercedes? What am I, I just uh, stuck with the GMC Canyon truck? But you get an opportunity to uh, get the Mercedes-Benz, and thanks to Mercedes-Benz of Plano. Uh, and you don't even need to be present to win. You just buy the lottery ticket, and if they draw you, you win. I mean, how cool is that? And the M1 ball, look, supports both the program of operating costs, and it pays the bills. So that when we give money away uh, during the year to help people during any kind of disaster, 100% of it goes to that disaster, which makes it even better and most of uh, most of the places that uh, want to uh, take your money uh, for those disasters are not giving 100 percent. last year at the m1 ball i was the uh, armadillo derby champion of the armadillo races uh, we had the armadillo races i don't think we'll have the armadillo races this year although we should i changed the rule the rules have now been changed uh, 
in armadillo racing because of me. That's a fact. I mean, I have a I have a certificate right here that has the Armadillo Derby Hall of Fame. I am at the Armadillo Jockey Winner's Circle Hall of Fame. I changed the rules. Huh. What are you done with your life, my friend? <laughs> I didn't think so. You changed the rules in any professional sport? I did. Okay. Oh my gosh, look at the, I've got so much stuff in the fat pile. I, I've got so many stories here I want to get to, and there's, there's only so much time. There's only so much fat time to get to today, and I, I, we could go on. I mean, I could just keep talking for another hour or so, but, you know, let's, let's not do that. We'll get together tomorrow. I've got a stack of stuff here in the fat pile. I will talk a little bit about, oh, I've got a, I've got some great road rage stories. I got I got to tell you about uh, oh, and this Facebook moderator job. We got to talk about that. We got to talk. There's so much to talk about. Plus, I got a tremendous bridezilla story that I've been saving. It's been in the fat pile for I don't know how long. So, yeah, we're doing that tomorrow. All right. Hey, and you know, as long as we're here, I mean, look, look Jeffy MRA on Twitter. Jeff Fisher Radio on Facebook, Jeff Fisher Radio on Instagram, and when you, I appreciate you listening to Chewing the Fat, uh, but you know, just remember the three things that you need to re- say after me. Okay, just just think to yourself because I want, I want you to think to yourself. You ready? Subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you. It's I, it's not that hard. I just wanted you to say that. Now, you should. Oh wait! I just added. I just had one added in my ear. Second, we got to go back. Hold on. Subscribe, rate, review, share. I like that. We're gonna keep adding them every time we get one that we like. And so I'm not gonna tell you how to rate and review. You can do that on your own. You know how to do that. But when you rate and you think to yourself, "Oh, what should I rate it? A 20. 20 stars. Oh, what should I? Uh, what what should I review it as? The best podcast you've ever heard. I mean. You can say what you want, but I'm just saying, you know, I'm helping you along a little bit. So I'm giving you a little booster. So you don't have to worry about it. You can just, when you see it, you go, oh, I got to rate it. 20 stars, even though it only goes up to five. And then I got to review it. Oh, it's the best podcast ever, even though it's, you know, eh. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.